on today's show, we are looking at the six-year anniversary of Crossfire Faith and Gaming. Let's find out what David's learned in those six years and why he probably wouldn't do it again. All coming at you next. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Crossfire Faith and Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Russ Dornish, and alongside my usual hosts, the Reverend David Petty and Brian. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. I had a burp there when you asked me how to do that. You asked me how it's Great going. Time. I'm like, burp. Uh, yeah, Great it's time. going well. It's going really well. Good. Brian, Brian how, are you, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I think with this podcast, I might be here for moral support, but we'll see if I have anything to contribute. (laughs) Okay. Well, as I stated in the intro, this is Crossfire. We've been around for six years. That's right. Six years since David started and had this idea of, I'm going to try and see what I can do with this online ministry gaming thing. Uh, And I want to kind of get into this. We have a bunch of questions that I want to kind of go through and feel like and figure out, uh, and especially hear from David. Uh, The first one, though, uh, so building a ministry often involves growth and adaptation. David, can you describe how your ministry's goals and objectives have shifted over time and what you hope to achieve in the future? Sure. Yeah, I think um, when I started, and really six years ago is uh, the anniversary of the idea. Um, So I had this idea. I brought it up to a friend of mine at Clergy Orders Conference. I said, I've got this idea for a ministry that's online, maybe on Discord, and it's, it's somehow involving the church and gamers. I don't know what it looks like yet, um, but I want to do this thing. And he said, great, let's figure out how to do it. Uh, and so when I started it, I really had no idea who exactly it was for. Was this for kids? Was it for adults? Was this like, was this a uh, Twitch stream? Was this a YouTube channel? Was this a podcast? Was, you know. Was this a physical location? Was this its own church? Was it a ministry? Um, so I think over the years, it's gone from being really nebulous to being a lot more specific. Uh, and over the years, we've kind of developed some idea of the niche that we're in, um, both in terms of meeting certain gamers' spiritual needs and also developing a youth ministry component as well. So um, probably the biggest difference over the years is just more understanding of what it is that we're doing. Gotcha. And this is kind of a follow-up question real quick, because I kind of want to know a little bit more about how this all got started. But reflecting on the early days of the ministry, uh, what were some of the initial challenges that you faced and how have you overcome them to reach where we are today? Yeah, I I mean, I think, like I said, initially, the fact that I had no idea what it was going to be, that was a huge challenge because I probably spent the first year or so just kind of figuring out, you know, who who are gamers? Like I was a gamer, but you know, who are gamers today? Cause I was a gamer in the nineties, you know, um, and two thousands and that's this drastically different, uh, gap, you know, and, and I kind of had fallen out of gaming as much. So I had to figure out who gamers were. Um, I think some of the challenges too, were figuring out, um, what was possible and also overcoming some of the, you know, personally, a lot of self doubt, uh, and some of the the critics who said, you know, early on, people told me you can't do ministry online. Like you can't have a church or you can't have a ministry just online. We've had Facebook groups. We've had 
online groups and it just doesn't work. It's not possible. Uh, it doesn't work. And, you know, I think we struggled a little bit to define what we were, but then running into the pandemic in 2020, everybody was forced to do ministry online. And so they were coming to us with questions like, how do you do this? And how do you stream? And how, you know, so we went from being, uh, kind of the, um, unexpected possibility to being in some ways experts in our field overnight because of the pandemic. So, uh, that's definitely changed a lot, I think, over the years. And let's see, does that answer that question? Uh, oh, how have I overcome challenges? Um, some yeah. of it was just was talking to people and telling our story and getting some great mentorship. A huge shout out to Jeremy Scott, who was uh, the conference, uh, the Mountain Sky Conference development person who basically told me early on, this is possible, go for it. A uh, huge shout out also to... Um, ministry incubators and their coaching staff that helped us to really define this idea a little bit more. And every time we'd talk about it, give us the encouragement to say, this sounds like something that's needed in the world. Keep going. Uh, when, you know, and, and then over the years, you know, the number of times that I've come to my, my point where I say, you know, maybe this isn't a thing, maybe this isn't possible. Maybe we can't do it. And constantly having somebody over the years, just come back to me and say, you're doing good work. Just keep doing this. Um, so yeah, so I think that's really through the support of others. Um, we've been able to overcome those challenges and then, Oh, and whole huge shout out to Boulder spirit foundation. Um, that that's supporting us now. Uh, they've helped us to overcome a lot of challenges as well. Yeah. It's been interesting just to see it just slowly kind of progress over the years from when I first joined you, um, to, you know, it really just being the Facebook, really just the Facebook group and a little bit of discord. Um, and then we started pushing it elsewhere. Um, you know, getting the, the podcast going, getting, um, YouTube videos and Twitch streaming going and growing in that way and getting more people to join us through that and, um, seeing that kind of expand. And then of course, Brian helping us, uh, you know, develop and, and kind of manage the website and get that going. And, there's just so many different moving parts. And as you go, you grow and things expand and things get bigger. And, um, you know, it's just amazing to see. Yeah. It's, it's six years is a decently long time, but, uh, it's definitely transformed and we're now where we're at, uh, you know, because of all those decisions. Um, yeah, you know, hey, along those lines, David, I wanted to ask another follow-up question. Did you have, like, when you started, did you have any, like, misconceptions or preconceived notions about digital ministry that you held at that time that, like, your perspective has changed? Hmm. That's a hard one. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I, I didn't Maybe know something was harder than you thought it was going to be, something like that. All of it. All of it was, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we often expect that in church world, you know, church planting and, and building ministries that it's the, if you build it, they will come model, right? You know that, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to put this thing together and then everybody's just going to show up because it's so great. And it, they see what great stuff we're doing. And, you know, to some extent that's true. Like, obviously if you don't build it, they can't come. Um, but to another extent, it's really like, you've got to do the work of getting out there, of inviting people, of finding people, of making those relationships. Um, and so, you know, I think that was, that was a challenge early on was, changing my expectations of saying, okay, we're pushing this stuff out there, but it's not just going to organically get found because people are finding it. Um, 
and especially because our demographic that we're looking for to come join us is a demographic of people who have been uh, often not welcomed in the church or who have gone away from the church. So simply reaching out to churches to say, Hey, is there anybody there that wants to come join us? You know, it's like, no, because the people who you're looking for have left years ago. Um, so they're out there in the margins. And so trying to, to make those connections, like I said, I was just harder than I thought. Um, David, looking back through the six years, is there any specific, uh, projects, initiatives, collaborations, um, that you're especially proud of within the context of this ministry? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm certainly, uh, huge shout out to both of you guys, you know, for being here and collaborating with me and everything. Uh, also really appreciate the work that we've done and the collaborations we've done with, uh, some of the stuff with United Methodist communications, which, uh, also this episode, which I might put this part at the beginning, but, uh, this episode we are doing recognizing, I think it's going to be shared out to the United Methodist communications folks, uh, through mm-hmm. the rethink, uh, rethink church, church and initiative. through, uh, let's see who else. Um, they're having a podcast-a-thon. Yeah, here it is. So Resource UMC is having a podcast-a-thon. Uh, it's going to be on facebook.com slash resource UMC. So if you're listening to this before the end of the week, uh, which is, I think, before October 5th, make sure you swing by and listen. We're going to be on there live. Uh, I'll be talking to Ryan Dunn, who's over at UMCOM. And uh, so all the stuff I've done with UMCOM has been great. Also, huge shout-out to the collaborations that we've done with um, cross uh, checkpoint, um, gaming and yeah, I mean, Nathan Webb over at checkpoint has been great. We've collaborated with him a lot. Uh, also the folks over at, uh, Methodist gaming, we've collaborated with them. And especially, I think one of the highlights is what was it? January of 2022, mm-hmm. where we did yep. a, was it 24 hour podcast or 24 yep. hour, we did live 24 stream. hour Twitch stream? Yeah. And we raised $3,000 to go towards United Methodist committee on relief, uh, towards tornado relief. So I'm hugely proud of that. And then obviously the camp that we did this last year, I think is just a, a big highlight. Um, so huge thanks to the folks over at local host in Lakewood folks at Phillips UMC in Lakewood to obviously Brian and Russ, and uh, our friend Ben, who helped us out on that. But I mean, it was just a big collaboration to make this camp happen that I think made a life-changing impact for people uh, for, you know, a dozen kids during the week. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a lot of stuff. A lot of things that we've we've been a part of and kind of been connected to and tied to. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, where this kind of goes. Um Let's see another question that I have, and maybe we, this one I can we can open up to myself and Brian as well. Um, so faith and gaming can sometimes be seen as opposing forces. How do you navigate and address potential conflicts or misunderstandings within your community? So what have you learned in the six years as far as dealing with and addressing uh, conflict? Because I know that even in the time I've been here, which is what three, three, four years. Uh, we've seen a, a bunch of different things come and go, whether that's societal, obviously through COVID, uh, we had to deal with that kind of thing, but, uh, you know, what are, what are kind of some opposing forces that you've seen when it comes to combining faith and, and this idea of, uh, video games? Yeah. So, um, so there were multiple questions in that question. So, 
Uh, it was both uh, how do faith and gaming relate, right? Even though sometimes they're seen as opposing. Uh, yep. So first off, I, I just want to say, I think where we've defined the, the intersection is often in storytelling and community building. And so often in any sort of gaming, there's storytelling and there's community building. And so we recognize those things as integral to the faith development in the Christian faith. And so the question is like, how do we take the lessons learned from the pop culture of our day? How do we take the lessons learned from community building and storytelling in games? And how do we relate those to the stories of scripture and the stories of our faith and our, you know, kind of ancestral faith as it were. Uh, so we bring these two things together and take stories people know and love and stories that people maybe are not familiar with yet and say, well, here's the intersection point. Um, the other thing I think is that uh, we've had lots of conversations when it comes to games that are problematic, right? Or gaming addiction. We've had a lot of conversations, a lot of former podcasts talking about uh, how do we overcome those things? How do we recognize when there's problems? Uh, and you know, for parents, like how do you navigate when your kid wants to play grand theft auto? Um, is that okay? Is it not okay? And so we've been able to kind of talk through those challenges. Um, but also I want to then address your question, how do we navigate or address potential conflicts within the community? Um, and I know certainly since I've been here, we've had some conflicts, you know, early on, I think we had a lot of theological conflicts where we had, you know, we had this kind of big tent theology and we said, all right, everybody come in. And then we were having conversations where I was like, wait a second, we have some fundamental differences in this community that if we don't address these people will be unwelcome here, you know, because the theological differences are not just, yep. you know, do you believe in post-trib or pre-trib or, you know, um, are, are you, a do you believe in Calvinism? You know, it was, it was more like, do I believe that you are a beloved child of God? And so we had to have those conversations and define who is actually welcome here and who's not. Um, and you know, we came back to that paradox of tolerance of, you know, the people who are unwelcome are those who can't welcome everyone else. So, and they generally self-selected out and, you know, it was sad to see them go, but we also wanted to make a space that was inclusive, uh, explicitly. So, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think to address those conflicts, we did it by having some really intentional, hard conversations. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, something I want to bring up too, is, you know, we've added obviously a, a different kind of like, uh, about us mission statement that I think incorporates and encompasses that exact feeling. And we are very transparent. I love that about us. I hate that about a lot of churches. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, but if I can't look up your website and see what your doctrinal be beliefs are and when it comes to how welcoming you are of people, if you don't outright say that, I'm going to assume that you aren't fully on board with that stuff. I've, I've just seen it too many times, you know, that's that whole, I'm just not going to talk about it and hopefully nobody ever asks me what I believe. Um, but I wanted to share uh, our mission statement slash kind of who we are as far as the invitation. So Crossfire is an open, inclusive, and affirming faith-based community and podcast affiliated with the United Methodist Church, but open to people of all faiths, ages, ethnicities, ancestries, genders, gender identities, sexual orientations, national origins, abilities, races, sizes, socioeconomic backgrounds, or any other categorization that have been historically used to divide us as human beings and that deny our identity as beloved creations of God. 
And so I wanted to share that. It's on our website. It's literally, you go to the About Us page, it's the very first thing you see. There's no hiding it. Shouldn't take you that long to find it. Usually, if I go on a website, I go to the About Me page, and that's the first thing I'm looking for. Um, so that is available over on our website. And, you know, I think to go along with what David said, I think that really helped us to really say, okay, this is who we were going to be. We're absolutely open and welcoming of everybody. If somebody does want to come in and say, hey, this person doesn't belong, well, then in actuality, that person doesn't belong for saying that others don't belong. So that's kind of where we came from. And I'm glad that we stood on our laurels because, again, I know a lot of groups that kind of just fold and just are like, well, we want to just please as many people as possible. We don't want that conflict. Um, while we don't want conflict and while we want to be a community that's together, uh, we also want to be a community that has a strong belief in just the acceptance of others. And so uh, that's probably my biggest thing that I love about our community, especially when you look at other um, online ministries that are out there throughout the, the United States of different backgrounds and denominations and things like that. Uh, I feel like we're one of the few out there that is very open and transparent with the fact that we are open and accepting of everyone. We have tons of members that have varying uh, races, backgrounds, uh, all of those things that we listed within that mission statement. Uh, we have those people. So I do love the um, kind of uh, variety of people that we attract and have that are part of our group. So um Kind of following up on that, and and uh, Brian, I, I have a question for you because I want to I want to know your idea on. Yes. First, yes. I, I do have another another thing tying into this, and and David kind of touched on a little bit in terms of community building, um, and we talked about how like, you know, their gaming and faith are kind of seen sometimes as opposing forces, but I think we can also use some of the lessons that we've learned from building gaming communities in terms of building a faith and gaming community, you know, we've been able to build a discord and uh, do a lot of other things uh, that, that, you know, gaming communities have been doing for a long time in terms of engaging people online and, and making people feel welcome and part of a community. And I think that's one of our advantages as gamers is like, Hey, we know this space, we know how it works and we're able to welcome people in and really build that community in the digital space. And I think that's something that's, you know, special about this ministry. Yeah. So the next question, and again, I, I wanted to see if, if uh, Brian wanted to be part of this one too. Um, how can a gaming ministry, well, and this one, Brian actually may not, but I do want to, I do want to find out. I want to get really deep here. We're going to be part of the, the Methodist uh, podcast-a-thon this week. How can a gaming ministry align with Wesleyan theology and the tradition of social holiness in the United Methodist Church? David, the pastor, take it away. Sure. Um, you know, I think I'm going to start with the Wesleyan theology piece um, because to me, one of the things that's always attracted me about um, the Wesleyan theological construct, if you will, is the Wesleyan quadrilateral and the idea that we take, we build our faith out of scripture, tradition, reason, and experience, all four. Uh, you know, we, the primacy of scripture, I mean, scripture comes first, uh, but then we definitely leave room for tradition, reason, and experience. And so in my mind, I think the the reasoning, uh, we can look at gaming communities. We can, uh, have our experiences in gaming communities and how those inform us. Uh, we can also, you know, kind of ask, do these things necessarily, you know, the, do the traditions of the church 
have to come into play or maybe not. Um, you know, certainly in, in ways we've talked about before, it's like, you know, is this a church? Well, I, I don't know. It's not, not a church, but I don't want to call it a church. Cause I think people get the wrong idea and they think, you know, pretty soon we're going to start asking for a building and we're going to have to make a committee of trustees or something. Um, so I, you know, I think the, the idea of the Westland theology, uh, really stemming from that quadrilateral means that it leaves room for us to use our experience as gamers to make theological inquiries and come up with theological, um, conceptualizations, if you will. Um, beyond that, you asked about social holiness. Uh, and to me, this is, you know, Wesley has, was always one who was socially aware, who was, uh, you know, he was anti-slavery before it was cool to be anti-slavery. Um, he got in trouble frequently for allowing his lay people to serve communion, uh, which I thought, you know, is always one of the interesting things in the Methodist church who we let have the ability to preside over communion or not. But like Wesley got in trouble with the Anglican church because he said, no, 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 the lay people can serve communion is totally fine. Uh, and then we had these conversations around uh, online communion when the pandemic happened, like, are we allowed to do it? Are we not? Allowed? Well, okay. If it's live, we can, if you know, and, but his ideas of social holiness, the Wesleyan ideas of social holiness say, you know, communion is for everybody. Like this is, you know, anybody can partake in this. This is Christ's table. Um, which was then funny because side story, he actually denied a woman communion once cause he had a crush on her. She didn't like him anyway. Um, it's a whole other story you should look up if you're interested in the Wesleyan theology and Wesleyan history there. Um, but I think the fact that Wesley cared for all people as human beings, uh, cared for them as, as creatures of, uh, beloved worth and inherent worth. Um, and the idea that we practice Jesus's commandments to love one another, um, with our heart, our soul, our mind, our neighbor, um, those things I think then inform how we do ministry that inform our ability to say, this is a ministry for everybody. Heck, even if you're not a gamer, you can come by and just be a part of this ministry. Um, you can come chat with us on Monday nights. You can come join us at one of our, um, you know, camps, like you don't have to know what this is all about. You can be welcome here. So, uh, and then beyond that, also the fact that in the past we've raised money for different organizations, um, that help out in this community too. Uh, so we've raised money for like able gamers. We've raised money for, uh, St. Jude's we've raised money for, um, oh gosh, what's the one that helps the children's hospitals? Um, no, uh, extra life, extra life. Extra life. I was thinking level yep. up and that was not the name of it. Uh, extra life. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and that's not because we think it's cool to be charitable. That's because we think it's a call of Christ to be charitable, uh, and help people who are in need. So, yeah. So as we move on and we kind of move out on today's podcast, and I think this is a good question to end because I think we can all answer it. So this time I'll, I'll throw it to you, Brian. Um, but as we look forward and we look at where we're wanting to go, what are your hopes and aspirations for the future of Crossfire Faith and Gaming and the broader intersection of faith and gaming as we move forward? Brian, I want to hear your thoughts. What What do you want to see happen uh, with the group? Yeah, I love some of the initiatives that we have going. You know, the camp initiative, I think, is really great um, pushing out into the sort of what we would call meat space, the, the real world space, IRL, if you want. Um, 
uh, as well as, you know, I think just continuing to, to build our community, like I mentioned before, um, and using, you know, using our skills that we've sort of gained as uh, online gamers to help continue to grow the ministry and reach more people. I think, I think those are the things that I think of when I think of, you know, that question. What about you, David? Um, I think my hopes and dreams for the future. I mean, I just want to keep being able to do this work as long as possible. Um, whatever that work is and knowing that it's constantly evolving, knowing that it's constantly changing, um, you know, and, and who knows, you know, everybody that had plans pre pandemic had to, uh, change those plans when the pandemic hit. So when I think about where I want the ministry to go in the future, um, I think it is to, to continue to share the love of God with people who otherwise would not have a place to experience the love of God in whatever context that is. And I want to be able to do that for as long as possible. Um, and, and whatever curveballs that throws at us, um, that we would approach those and get through them with grace and, uh, you know, still be able to show up for people in need whenever they have need. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with both you guys there. I, I definitely am looking forward to seeing where we can go with this, what it's going to become, how much bigger it's going to get, um, and just kind of what direction we go. Um, but again, that's going to kind of wrap it up for us in this kind of six-year retrospective of, uh, you know, but to end it off, the, the last thing, because I did tease this in the intro, uh david would you do this again and what would you do differently you know leading up to that would would you do this all over again this six-year journey uh, probably not uh, you know if you if you told me how hard it was uh at the start you know i think it's like it's like climbing a mountain you know luckily for me or or let me put it this way um yeah we'll, we'll use climbing in a mountain um it's like climbing a mountain in that you know i like the the fact we didn't know how big the mountain was when we started. And so I didn't get discouraged, uh, early on. I think if I had known the challenges we would have to overcome, I don't know that I would have started this over again. Now, that being said, I wouldn't change anything for the world. It's been a wonderful journey so far. I'm sure it will continue to be. Um, but you know, if somebody else were to ask me, you know, what advice would I have for somebody who wants to get into this? I would probably say, don't <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's <laughs> difficult. It's challenging. It's heartbreaking. Um, but it's also been beautiful. So, um, you know, you live for those small moments, like golf, you live for those small moments, you, you get a, a really good drive, you get, get a, you know, really good putt and you say, all right, I'll keep doing this, even though the rest of the game is challenging. Um, but it is really those, those tiny wins, those moments where somebody shows up to our Monday night group and says, Hey, I've got this challenging thing I've been through this week. Can you guys pray with me about this? Um, Hey, you know, I've just got laid off from my job. Can you guys be with me and talk to me? Hey, I just got in a car accident. Uh, my car is going to need to go in the shop. Uh, or even like, it's been a while since we've had some of these, but you know, we had some people once that showed up and, and somebody said, Hey, I, can't afford a headset. You know, do you know anybody that could help me out with a headset? And we raised money and sent that person a headset. Um, you know, we've raised money and helped people 
uh, with bills from time to time. That's not a regular thing we do, but um, those moments you say, because this community exists, the world is a better place. Agreed. Agreed. Well, again, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us. Appreciate you guys tuning in. If you're coming to us through the uh, podcast-a-thon, you know, make sure you go check out the feed. We have over 50 episodes of this podcast ranging from so many different topics to some great guests to things like that. So, you know, over this time period of, of us doing this podcast, uh, there's a lot to, to catch up on if you're just finding us or just uh, catching us for the first time. So, uh, in that case, um, you know, we, we have a recent episode that we talked about how you could tie in gaming to youth ministry. Highly recommend going and checking that out. We have obviously a, a podcast about, you know, being a parent and dealing with my kids playing video games. And, you know, what does that look like? What are the appropriate games? What is it okay for a Christian to play games? We've covered that topic. Anything you can think of at this point, we have covered it. So feel free to go through our feed and uh, find those episodes, catch up. Uh, and get part of the community so you can, uh, you know, be be a be a small piece of the puzzle as we move forward in this uh, wonderful thing that we call digital ministry. Um, but uh, Dave, Brian, you guys have any last words before we uh, we intro or exit out of this? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Russ says we've covered everything, but hey, if you have something we haven't covered somehow, please let us know. Like contact us, get in touch on Discord or send us an email. We would love to hear it. We'd love to cover that topic on a podcast. So yeah, get in touch. We would, we'd love to have you as part of our community. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, and just again, huge shout out to uh, Ryan and the folks over at United Methodist Communications and the podcast-a-thon. Thanks for uh, you know, sending this out this week. And thanks for the uh, heads up about what's going on over there. And thank you, our listeners, for being here and for supporting us all these years, uh, whether it's a Patreon membership or whether you support us on Twitch. Uh, thank you for all your listenership and support. Yep. And we will see you guys next time. So until then, you guys have a great day and great week. You're loved. You matter. You belong. God bless. And we'll see you next time.